0: Really organic. Hello, I am Cole Neesmith, and I'm here with Joshua Vickery, and this is From the Heart. Central Florida is widely known for its tourist spots and attractions, but many people don't know about its thriving arts community. On this show, we're excited to introduce you to talented and passionate artists who shape our arts community. How do they create and why? How can Central Florida benefit from a greater arts presence? On each episode, we'll introduce you to guests who are influential leaders and artists who are truly making a difference. This is From the Heart on Magic 107.7 FM. Hello, Joshua. Hello, Cole. You look nothing like Mary, but I'm so glad you're here. (laughs) I'm honored to uh, sit in her seat today.
1: She's wonderful. She's over visiting her parents today in Sarasota and Cole being uh, an amazing arts advocate and friend stepped in at the last minute to help us host the show today, so we're super glad you're here. Yeah, I'm.
0: I'm. It's it's a wonderful
1: opportunity. I know. We talked about this last week, and maybe even the few weeks before, but we just had an incredible event in Orlando, Immerse, which yeah. you're the founder and executive director of. And last week, you shared a couple of stories about things that you were proud of and excited about. But we need to be talking about this for weeks, right? <laughs> okay, like we okay, need to let it. Yeah. We need to keep yeah. it going. It's so. What are some things, you know, to first tell us what Immerse is. If you didn't get to listen in last week,
0: like before, tell us what it is. Yeah, Immerse is a performing and interactive arts event in the streets and public spaces of downtown Orlando, and there's about a 1,000 artists and probably in total about 2,000 people who help make that thing possible between all of our partners and our volunteers and our production staff and all of those people, and so... Uh, we get to collaborate with all of them to create truly unique creative encounters that audiences can't have anywhere else in the world.
1: It's awesome, and Immersus is in a festival that is put on by Creative City Project, which you founded. Correct. And
0: what's the mission of Creative City Project? Well, at the end of the day, our big mission is to help shape the global perception of Central Florida as a hub for creativity and innovation. And so by producing events like Immerse and gathering a thousand artists in one time in one place and creating something with such force and momentum, it really gives us the opportunity to put our artists in the global spotlight. And then we do other things like what we're doing here today. What what you're doing through From the Heart is helping, you know, pr- platform our artists and let people hear their stories. So we do some of that as well.
1: Yeah, you know, you and I get to talk about, uh, and, and so does Nicole from Chance to Dance, who we're gonna talk to you today. We get to talk about our mission. We talk about, it's kind of like that elevator speech, right? Exactly. We're always out there sharing the story. But so you, sometimes when you say a thousand artists came together, that almost becomes numb to you because you're yeah. saying it so much. But dude, <laughs> a thousand artists came
0: together. Right. Yeah. What is that? Like, Are do you feel like Creative Cities had something to do with that? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I'm really grateful for all of the people who have entrusted us with their time, and mm-hmm. that's a that's a big deal. I had this kind of picture the other day of just kind of like myself standing on the street corner in downtown Orlando and like my small influence being represented by a red bubble kind of emanating out from my body and how small that impact had, but then started thinking about multiplying that by a thousand artists Mm, in the mm -hmm. streets and, and eight or nine city blocks and how each of them has their own sphere of influence and literally kind of painting the entirety of downtown Orlando with the influence and effect and impact of all of those people coming together and just this reality that no matter what it is that we do, whether it's creative or artistic or just in our business or in our family day to day, that each of us only has a certain level of impact that we can achieve. But when we invite other people into the process, that impact becomes exponentially more powerful and effective. I love that. The last time you were on the show,
1: we we kind of went off on a tangent and it was a <laughs> wonderful tangent, just to dive into the word creativity, right? Mm-hmm. And what is creativity? What does it mean? And I think we landed on that it really is about celebrating individuality yeah. and I think what you're doing is you're helping especially through immerse redefining what mm. what artists what mm. art- artistry means and what creativity means and what are maybe some examples of um, of just kind of out of the box, not what you would normally think of when you think of an arts festival that happened on the streets of downtown Orlando last week.
0: Yeah, we have an artist who has made some very meaningful installations over the last several years. This year, his name's Andre. He created an experience called Table Talk And along one of the lanes of traffic in downtown Orlando on one of our closed streets, he set out about 25 tables with nice lamps and really beautiful lighting overhead, and he invited people to come have a conversation, a guided conversation with a stranger. Mm. And all night long, those 25 tables were full of people. They even had a little table for kids. So straight (laughs) kids who never had met before would sit at this, you know, the two chairs at this table and have a guided conversation. And it's just meaningful moments like that mm. where people are connecting. And, you know, as I walk away from our event, that's what I hear. And that's what I think is really important is that we walk away with connection. Mm. And as we build connections between the residents of our city and its artists, as well as meaningful connections in the context of like the actual physical spaces of our city, it really does transform the way all of us experience it. And. That is another one of our objectives is to help the residents who call Orlando home to care even more about it. And I think those meaningful shared experiences are a key to helping achieve that. Yeah. You know, and it one of the things too, is that it really highlights so
1: many different organizations and artists that you might not normally know about or yeah. hear about in your everyday life. I'm so blessed to be able to do this radio show because I get to meet yep. so many cool people doing so many cool things, but if it wasn't for Immerse, there would be so many organizations that just wouldn't
0: be on the radar yeah. of of just everyday people in Orlando. And uh, I think- Yeah, our- we, love, we love the opportunity for thousands of people to come because they're coming to see Blue Man Group, but then they also mm. get to see uh, organizations that they've never heard of, like- Chance to Dance. Chance to Dance. It's a perfect hello, segue. Hello. Chance to
1: Dance, <laughs> which is an amazing organization oh. that I have heard about for several years now and- and haven't had a chance to have a, a conversation with you yet so i'm really looking forward to hearing about your work and why you do it and what drives you and some of your stories of impact so Please welcome to to the show, Nicole Warren and Andrea Piazza. Did hello. I say that right? Hello. Cole, you said that much better than I did it, but Piazza. <laughs> Piazza. Welcome, ladies. So, Nicole hello, is the hello. founder and executive director, and Andrea is the artistic director mm-hmm. of the organization, and you are doing some amazing work, ladies. So, tell us, uh, Nicole, about Chance to Dance. What, what, what are you up to?
2: So, we are Central Florida's inclusive and accommodative dance company. We hire professional dancers and get them inclusion and special needs certified so that they can appropriately accommodate our population, which is children, youth, and adults of all ages, um, levels, and abilities who have Down syndrome, autism, cerebral palsy, deaf, blind, nonverbal, etc., what have you. Wow,
1: so I thought you were just working with uh, the Down syndrome population. No,
2: we have the entire gamut of all abilities and needs. Um, Yeah. yeah. Did it
1: start with just that? No, actually, our first
2: partnership was with a charter school with 150 children with autism. That was a big jump in the deep end. So we went straight in with autism and then we started partnering with the Down syndrome association and the foundation. And we've had uh, a lot of partnerships in central Florida. Yeah. That's, That's amazing. Cool. So so life
0: life has an interesting way of getting us to where we are. Yes. So I'm assuming that this is very personal to you. So I'd love to hear some of your personal story about what has led you to start chance to dance yeah. and why you are where you are today.
2: Um, so I personally have been diagnosed with ADHD. Um, and I think it's what has really fueled me to, uh, strive to connect with this community because they. I've always kind of felt like I haven't fit in and I haven't found my people. In Mm -hmm. the arts world, I've really found my people. Um, And so with dancing, I've really developed myself as a, a woman and as a confident leader, I feel. So anywho, I was dancing in college and I wanted to use my bachelor's degree from UCF. And I met this young man named Kirk and he had severe cerebral palsy. He um, had no brain-to-body connection, and he was nonverbal. And he came and watched me dance, and uh, he was verbal. When I came on Uh. stage, he was silent the entire time. But when I came in from the wings, he started making verbal noises as if to recognize me. Mm. So that was significant. The next day, I said, hey, Kirk, do you want to dance? And through our means of communication, he said yes. And we were tapping his arm on his wheelchair to the beat of music classical music, of course. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And so that kind of planted a seed in me. And here we are. Uh, So Chance to Dance started in 2016, but I met Kirk back in 2012. Mm -hmm. So it's been a while and it's all come full circle because now Kirk is the muse to our organization and he is one of our dancers as well. So
0: 2012 and is the year it all
2: started, Josh, right? hey! and I was going to say,
1: you know, I, I, you're sitting with two other founders here yeah. who who understand really well what you're talking about. But you said, and here we are, right? Like there was, some, <laughs> like it just poof, it happened, and there's so much in the, and yeah. here we are, right? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I, we started in 2010. You started in 2012 by just bringing together friends in yeah. downtown Orlando and doing yeah. pop-up performances. You created yours in 2012 by connecting with a person who yeah. had uh, a varying ability. You know, it's amazing how. These dreams, these ideas, turns into visions, turns into community changers, yeah. and that's what what your organization is. But let's back up to before the, and here we are, right? right. Like, mm-hmm. so what? The, after that first, pro, you know, that first connection that you had with Kurt, right? Is that we say, Kirk? Kirk mm-hmm. yeah. What? How? Did, what did you do next? What was the next step?
2: Uh, I worked really hard. I was working four jobs from like 9 a.m. to 11 p.m. So uh, I was working very hard and then I met my business partner and I told him my dreams. I had this like idea that, oh, we should just give dance classes to everybody. For free, right? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, totally for free. And he's like, yeah, that's how most businesses go on and they're not maintained and sustainable. So anyways... Got that nice business brain partner. <laughs> so um, anywho, he kind of took my idea and really helped fill out the you know 501c3 paperwork mm-hmm. and facilitated my dreams. And um, we now have a sensory-friendly dance studio in Castleberry, and we just recently expanded with a black box theater as well. So wow. we have lots of accommodations and special uh, resources throughout the studio in the black box so that we can accommodate all of our students, whether they're in walkers, wheelchairs, deafblind, et cetera. So you said that
1: you've been diagnosed with ADHD yourself and you had this incredible connection with Kirk, but has this been something that you've been empathetic to your whole life? Is that you you had a heart for inclusivity or you had a heart for people with varying abilities or was it just like a moment that sparked?
2: You know, Kirk was honestly the, I grew up with lots of friends who had different needs and disabilities, but I don't think I recognized that. Um, I didn't really recognize you know, what they say as different until I met Kirk because he was on such an extreme level. Mm. Um, You know, like we literally have to physically move him so that he can participate in dance. Um, You know, we take it to the next level and we've gotten him out of his wheelchair and put him on a mat and started stretching out and rolling his body and stuff so that he can have some free movement. And we're partnering with UCF, their physical therapy and Go Baby Go program so that we can get these dancers into swings so that they can move more freely. Mm-hmm. Um, so Kirk really planted the seed that inspired me to start mm. Chance to Dance. But, you know, throughout my whole life, I, I would like to think that I had a soft spot and a heart. <laughs> but <laughs> he was your inspiration. He's religion. definitely, you know, the muse to this. Um, and we have, you know, his functioning and his abilities, we accommodate all the way up through our, you know, highly proficient, one of our dancers, Caleb, who's competing for a state title in a genuine wow. regional uh, and state and national dance competition mm-hmm. next next February. So we have the entire the range. Gamut.
1: That's so cool. It's exciting. So Andrea, you're the artistic director of the organization. When did you enter this story?
3: So I entered this story in January of 2018. I actually went to an audition for a role that I didn't get, but I ran into an old friend and she said, I remember you from undergrad at UF. I know this person that is going to inspire you. And within a week, I met Nicole at Panera. And we got into all these conversations about how I could join the team. And the ball really started rolling from there. Um, We just worked together more and more. She's so inspiring to work with and, like, such a genuine and supportive mentor that she's really helped me come into my own as far as an artist, as a leader within the Chance to Dance family. And now I'm the artistic director. I love that. So that's pretty great. And
1: and what a great testimony to your leadership, Nicole. I find Cole – I think, Cole, you're – Nicole and Nicole, hey. I, I think you're inspiring, too. I really, really well, thank do. You, I think we're all being inspirational today together. But yeah. Andrea, what was it that at that meeting at Prenera that that cooked you? What, what did she say to you to go, hey, I'm going to give up this this thing here and I'm going to join this journey. It's easy to say she was inspiring, but there had to be something to make you walk away from that meeting and go, I got to do this.
3: She just has such a fire and I knew she could do it. And I knew I wanted to be there. For all of her accomplishments and I wanted her to be there for my accomplishments and
2: well Andrea is spectacular like I love that she's you know giving ode to me but she is amazing she's about to graduate from UF with her master's in mental health counseling you know she's a brilliant choreographer she's an award-winning choreographer she's written the first adaptive Nutcracker that we're performing um, next or in December mm-hmm. um, at the Orlando Rep at their sensory friendly theater like she's Brilliant, absolutely well-rounded and amazing, and um, we're so lucky to have her on our team, so. That's
1: awesome. And what does the artistic director do?
2: A lot. A lot. <laughs> a lot.
1: What does the artistic it's director like, not do? Maybe that's like <laughs> the better question, but what is it you do?
3: Uh, so I work with our performance team. That's our elite dancers with special needs. I help set choreography for them and help them get involved with different projects. Uh, Immerse was one of the projects we had a relationship with. Unfortunately, we didn't perform. I also help put together our productions now. So I wrote, as Nicole sort of mentioned, The Nutcracker Reimagined, which is an inclusive retelling of a classic. And it's a nutcracker that's meeting our dancers and our performers where they're at and celebrating their diverse abilities on stage. I also do some of our graphic design for our t shirts, mm-hmm. our programming, our so social media. Social media. Come all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> so creative. So,
1: artistic director means do whatever Nicole She's needs to make it happen. Artsy. <laughs> She's well rounded. We totally get that. Well, we're going to be j- continuing this conversation. Cole, I think we're just now scratching the surface of yes, Chance yes. to Dance and the work that you're doing. Join us back here on Magic 107.7 FM from the heart.
0: Hello, this is Cole Neesmith. I'm here with Joshua Vickery. I'm sitting in for Mary Thompson Hunt here on From the Heart on Magic 107.7. And this is our second segment with Nicola and Andrea from Chance to Dance. Mm-hmm. And we are going to kind of dive into your next big performance opportunity, opportunity for the public to come and experience what Chance to Dance is all about as you are in the holiday season bringing a brand new adaptive version of the Nutcracker. So talk to us about how you landed on the Nutcracker, obviously a a popular holiday favorite. Um, And then I'd love to hear what it looks like for you all to adapt that performance and that story to meet the needs and invite in the the dancers who are part of your organization.
2: Mm. It's very exciting. Andrea has written and illustrated and produced and is directing uh, The Adaptive Nutcracker Reimagined.
3: And I'm gonna let her talk about that. <laughs> it's her baby and it's I'm so proud thing. of her for it. It is totally her thing. So The Nutcracker is actually the reason I started dancing. My parents took me when I was three years old and I was like, I gotta do that. I, hmm. Me and my three year old brain was like, this is where I'm meant to be on stage with The Nutcracker. And so my studios did that production um, all through me growing up. I think I've done every single role from The Little Rat to um, Sugar Plum. And in high school, my studio actually did an adapted version of their Nutcracker called "Going Nuts, and it was a contemporary modern Nutcracker all set to the Nutcracker um, version by Duke Ellington, and it was just so funny. It was like set around Thanksgiving, and I, I loved it. I got to hang out with my friends on Saturday at dance rehearsal. We got to wear fabulous costumes, and it was something to look forward to every year and really became a part of my holiday tradition. And in being with Chance to Dance, I was like, this is a tradition, these kids mm-hmm would love Mm -hmm. and so many dance studios get to have they need to have their own Mm -hmm. um so i just started talking to some of the members of our dance team and nicole about like how can we do this how can we make it something that they're proud of that they have ownership of that really shows how amazing they are and it just blossomed into what is now going to be the nutcracker reimagined and inclusive retelling of a classic and it's going to debut on december 15th at the rep Mm
1: -hmm. that is so cool is the orlando ballet supporting you guys in this or do they know about it
2: so our, um, I did my research, Central Florida Ballet and Orlando Ballet both have their matinee performances on the same day. Okay. So next year, next year, I'll schedule something a little bit better <laughs> yeah. so that possibly, because we did think about that. Yeah. But um, we do have some partnerships going on with a couple different organizations. Um, we're partnering with Rollins College. They're going to be volunteering some of their freshman class. We
3: have a partnership with UCF. You want to mm-hmm. talk about their Go Baby Go program? Yes. Yeah, so we have a couple different partnerships with UCF. I'm in the mental health counseling program at UCF about to complete my master's. Um, so through some of op- the opportunities I've had with them, I got to meet with the director of the physical therapy program. And I was like, ha, ah, I know we're at this clinic, but I-, I do this thing with dancers and I think you'll like it. And um, she's like, yeah, we have Go Baby Go. And they're all about bringing mobility to individuals with Down syndrome, usually younger kids. So they make these cars for them that they can be in safely because every kid mm-hmm. has a toy car. Now they have one. And I was like, what else do you have? What else do you want to do? Can you help us with our dancers? And they're like, of course. So actually one of Nicole's friends from undergrad is a part of Go Baby Go. And she's like, I love Nicole. i all of the shows. How can we make this happen? <laughs> and they have a harness um, that we can put dancers in who normally wouldn't be able to stand on their own and to bring them up. Kind of like a little swing. And then it has tracks.
1: So Oh my gosh, that's so awesome.
3: Cool, right? Yeah, they're going to build that on our stage so we can have some beautiful little baby sugar plums on stage with us, dance with us. Um, The UCF IES program is also a program that's going to join our Nutcracker. That's Inclusive Education Services. They just had their first graduating class last year, and this is all individuals with special needs who attend UCF as typical college students. Um, My mentor at UCF, Dr. Kelchner, actually helped construct that program so again just sort of like the stars aligned and i was like yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. let's do this so they're mm-hmm. going to dance on stage two and volunteer with us
2: and we have disney as well we have a special performer we so we're super excited for our
3: cavalier he's role amazing
0: what, what so does oh, that a secret? Secret? Is, that, like, is it going to be a secret or are you going <laughs> to tell
2: us <laughs> oh. <about it? laughs>
3: i can tell you his name is andrew dorsey um he went to the uf dance program with me and one of our teachers lauren so he actually works at disney a performer he's an equity dancer he's been with them a long time he is like unbelievable so talented so kind and he was like yes i have to be part of this nutcracker so he's mm-hmm. going to be on stage dancing with our dancers and
1: wow that's a big deal yeah
3: we have a sister dance company called odyssey dance company which is your neurotypical uh
2: wannabe elite dancers if you will mm-hmm. they're we're growing them and developing them but they're also um, doing we're doing infusioned classes with them where some of our special dancers are dancing with our neurotypical dancers so they're doing a complete uh re-dance of the Russian variation.
1: Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Okay. So this, you probably heard this before, Cole, but like every ballet company, my, my I have uh, someone very close to me that is a professional ballet dancer and every ballet company does a nutcracker yep. because it pays the bills uh-huh. <laughs> and allows them to create the rest of the year. Yes, uh, and that's just a, you know, people love the nutcracker. What is so special about it? And why did, why did you choose that work to, to be kind of this big feature that you're doing?
3: I love it because the Nutcracker itself is sort of this like unattractive, undesirable doll. And like Clara saw the uniqueness in this doll and Mm. actually led her on this gorgeous journey. Wow. And Mm -hmm. a lot of times our population is overlooked as like these people who can't do anything special. And of course, we know the opposite to be true. Um, So really, how can we look at all persons from a different lens and see how amazing they can be and let them take us on that journey and be open to that. So that's why I thought it'd be perfect.
0: When someone goes to see a, a traditional dance performance, you know, they're, they're looking at how ordered it is, how perfect <laughs> it is, how the lines are right, and those mm-hmm. kinds of things. Um, there's a special kind of beauty in what you're doing. Mm-hmm. What do you, where, where do you find the beauty? Where does the beauty emerge in what we see and what you put on stage?
2: Some of the things that you don't see is that these dancers in class maybe are not mentally present at the moment. So we use different resources to get them to learn the dances, whether it be uh, watching it on our phones so that we can get that visual reinforcement, Mm -hmm. whether it be just sitting and listening to the music, whether it be we dance it, whether they see another group dance it, or whether we just do it over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. And so all that back work, some of the times they don't participate at all. But the second we put them on stage, Mm -hmm. all of that effort shines mm-hmm. it's like they come to life and they just know that this is the moment that we've been working on that we've been focusing on and they know that it's a special moment and we like to bring that experience to them because we see what they can do and if you don't allow them the opportunity to showcase themselves mm-hmm. how will they ever be able to get to the point where everybody sees that they're so amazing and their potential is through the roof mm-hmm. you just have to find what they're amazing at mm-hmm. um, and we we do that with all of our individuals we work with them as a whole group and then hone in on each individual
1: mm. one of the things i love about modern dance you know mm-hmm. that there's so much freedom in it mm-hmm. right it allows you to be an individual and some of it some of it's so much of it's just improv um ballet is very much choreographed there's right. not a whole lot of, of <laughs> interpretation there but i bet there are moments and i'd love to hear about one or two where There was choreography in place, (laughs) but because of the population you serve, that went out the window and maybe something transpired that was not supposed to, but it ended up being more beautiful than or special than what you had hoped it to be or that you choreographed it to be.
2: Well, the best is when they run up into the audience to go get their parents to come on (laughs) stage.
1: (laughs) I love that. And then
2: some, you know, we have had parents on stage. If that's what they want, that's what they need, and that's what's going to get them to perform, then we will do that. Um, I've had, you know, <laughs> when they just sit down in the middle of the stage and cry, we pick them yeah. up and we dance with them and wow. twirl them around. Um, what else?
3: Uh, I let the dancers sort of genuine moments and like the stories I'm telling really fuel my choreography, which sometimes drives Nicole crazy. <laughs> but in the end we, you know, we find the magic in it. So I created this piece waving through a window, which was pulled from like Dear Evan Hansen. Mm. Um, and we sort of told our own story, um, about bullying from this piece and I selected dancers based on how they interacted with each other and one of our young dancers Mackenzie is just so genuine in her expression she's deaf Um, but when I like would convey the movement she would look at me like kind of confused but also giggling Mm. and I was like how can I use this like beautiful genuine expression this dancer has and put it on stage and I did Um, and she partnered with another one of our amazing dancers Ryan Sloboda and they had such good chemistry on stage just naturally and would kind of giggle through their duet and it just, you know, it looked like kids like dancing with each other. It didn't look like professionals who had done mm-hmm. it a hundred million times. It's just genuine every time. And yeah, I think.
2: Mm-hmm. our big
3: goal of ours is to give them genuine dance opportunities to
2: let every all of them get the same experiences that a typical child would get. Uh, so whether that be means doing the nutcracker on stage at the rep or competing in typical regional competitions, whether that means we're going into the school system, et cetera. So bringing them into our studio where we can meet them at their level. Mm-hmm. So our goal is just to give them a complete atmospheric experience that everybody else would receive um, that meets them where their needs are.
1: Mm. Dance is just such a, a beautiful art and oh, it's yes. it's so powerful. We had, I, I tell you many stories about dance in our organization, but there's one that I think I'll, I'll never forget. But we have a choir for people with early stages of Alzheimer's and dementia. Mm -hmm. We have several campuses. We're actually about to start a new campus at Dr. Phillips center, but like there's so many neat things that have come out of that. But in the about two years into us having this musical minds choir, we realized that they didn't, that the people who were dealing with dementia, that, you know, they love the music. They love to be able to recognize and sing and, all of that, but they also wanted to dance. So as part of the choir, we, we started getting them up and having them dance. And we realized there were some closet dancers in that, in <laughs> yeah. that choir. They loved it. Right. Uh-huh. So we had a lady, her name was Barbara. She's since passed, but she, um, she loved to dance during mm-hmm. dance break time. And she quickly moved from early to mid to late stages with us over a couple of years. And in her last, you know, um, you know, six months that she came to the choir, Um, she didn't recognize anybody that was there. She became really belligerent and didn't want to go inside. She was scared. Mm -hmm. And we knew if we could just get her into the rehearsal space that she would love it because every time she got in, she then realized what it was and it was, it was beautiful. Mm -hmm. So our volunteers decided, well, how can we get Barbara to come inside? And they remembered that she loved dancing, that they remembered to love seeing her dancing. So they would come out to the check-in table and they would all, they turn on some music and they all start dancing around Barbara and Barbara would just start dancing. She'd forget how <laughs> wow. upset she was. And they would literally dance her right into the rehearsal room. Mm. Like they magical, would just huh? move her yeah. and you know she was 94 years old dancing into the, <laughs> and I was like, I saw it when they told me and they're like, you got to come see this. And it was so amazing. beautiful it's that so amazing. the dance helped her yeah. even more powerful than music forget yeah. what she was feeling or not feeling and and helped usher into a space that was mm-hmm. safe and beautiful for her. Yeah. And um, I've seen so many things like that. And I'm sure you see that yeah. over and over and over again, where you're breaking down barriers and walls and people yeah. through dance. I mean,
2: that story really touches my heart because the I th- think Andrea can attest to this. The most underserved population is the special needs adult population. Yeah. You know, they don't get all that funding that the children get, which, you know, of course we support the children getting the funding, but the adults, it's like a different fire and a different spark inside them when they participate in those movement arts activities because they don't get as many. They just don't.
1: Why do you think that is? Kids are cute. I was going to say, is it that know. mentality or society? Is that when you're a kid and you have Down syndrome or disability, it's almost like you want to comfort them and help them and take care of them. But as an adult, it's almost like, I'm a little bit scared of that.
2: You know what? The, the, gosh, I'm not going to be PC here if I answer this honestly. <laughs> answer uh, it. I, I think the biggest thing is, is they just don't think that they're contributing to life mm. the same way that they "quote unquote" mm. should be. Sure, mm. you know sure. they're not contributing to society. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, they are. Yeah. Right. You just have to meet them at where they're able yeah. to do things, and mm-hmm. then you can get plenty of tasks and skills out of them. Mm-hmm. But if they're not interested or they're just not on that level, then what can you expect? All you know is what you mm-hmm. have been taught and what you can do. And so uh, I just, you know, that's the honest thing is I just think people believe that they're not contributing to society and we're not accessing how they can contribute.
0: And what, where is your heart? Like for either, each of you, like where is your heart for these people that you get to work with every day? Like how are you, how have they enlivened you as humans?
2: I think first we have to recognize that this is a very difficult job. Mm. Um, it is mentally, emotionally, and physically draining. It is a very tough job.
0: I
1: really appreciate you being honest about that, by the way, because yeah, I course. think that was a really authentic answer. And. Yeah. I think the easy thing would have been to s- answer that in a different way. So yeah. I just want to say, I appreciate yeah. you saying that.
2: I'm I'm very direct and very honest <laughs> and real. Sometimes with <laughs> <laughs> a blessing and a curse. Um, but, uh, oh my goodness, thank you for the compliment. And I forgot what I was saying. Oh, I'm sorry. You were talking oh, about it's, it's difficult. A difficult. You yeah. know, it's so great to talk about the fluff and the amazingness, but the truth is behind it. It's a lot of work. But why do we do it? Because we know that we are contributing to a better quality of life because we have had such a great quality of life. The arts has given me so much. It's helped me grow as an individual, as a woman, as a leader, as a community leader, as a person trying to make a footprint on this earth. Mm. Um, And it's very tough, but I always tell my employees, expect the worst, hope for the best, because when you have that aha moment, it's everything. It Mm. is every tear that I shed at home for Mm -hmm. the hardships, Mm -hmm. because the stories that I hear of these single moms, the stories that I hear that these people, their welfare and their low-income situations, it can really affect the soul but we want to be above that and know that we're making a difference in other people's lives
1: yeah i love that well we're going to continue this conversation and continue to hear the stories chance to dance join us back here on magic 107.7 fm from the heart
0: This is from the heart. My name is Cole Neesmith sitting in for Mary Thompson Hunt here with the regular host, the wonderful host, Joshua Vickery. And we are having the wonderful privilege of talking with Andrea and Nicole from Chance to Dance, a dance company that is making dance accessible to people of all levels of ability uh, and we're really happy that you're here with us today. Thank you. Yeah. Good to be here. So give us a shout-out to some of your team. I, you know
1: I, You two are here representing, but I know there's some rock stars that are not here that help you do your work. Maybe you can give a shout-out to some of them.
2: Well, shout-out to Mr. Kyle for helping us get to where we are. He manages our money, and we all know how important that is. <laughs> yes,
1: true, true.
3: Shout-out to Lauren Hofer. Uh, she's our other performance team. Uh, coach. coach and she's just such a joy to work with I she's our um she was our first teacher on staff yeah.
2: three and a half years ago she joined our staff and is our longest teacher to date um and then miss ashley is our physical therapist on
3: staff she's amazing who else do we have we, we also have, have angel and what? she's fluent in american sign language she's young and just she loves with this the kids so well yeah, yeah. and we That's have miss a- ashlyn
2: who is a professional dancer from new york and she does our jazz and contemporary classes so We have a solid team.
1: You have a great team. So we were talking about on the break, something that you're super excited about. You have the sensor-friendly studio now and a theater. Tell us all about that.
2: Okay. So we started off in 2016 by just kind of going on site to local charter schools, prep schools, private schools, vocational locations, municipalities, and churches, et cetera. So that's kind of how we started. Well, then people started coming to us saying, well, how do I get these genuine dance class experiences? You don't go to my kid's school or you don't go to my... Dependence uh, vocational location. And so a huge goal of ours was to build a studio for them one day. And and our long-term goal is to have an entire movement arts facility that's completely accommodative and inclusive Mm -hmm. and um, has all the bells and whistles to be able to do everything. Um, So anywho... Can I
1: just ask a question? What what makes an art facility accommodating for a dance program?
2: So first and foremost, our staff, they all receive, or they all work towards getting their inclusion and special needs certification. They are all CPR and AED certified as well. Um, And they train on site for six months, infused in the classrooms, hands-on so that they can learn before we let them go off by themselves. So that's first and foremost. Our studio specifically, first when you walk to our door, it's a um, elopement safety door. So nobody can enter and nobody can leave. Mm. So that way, if they're a fleer or a runner, they can't run into the middle of the street. And also nobody can just walk into our building if we don't know you. So um, we have that feature. That's we cool. have shatterproof mirrors. So everything, when you come into the studio, we want it to look like a genuine dance studio. Mm. But we have all these accommodations throughout um, infused. So we have headphones. Mm-hmm. For our, we have dimmers throughout every studio so that you know sensitivity to light. Um, we don't have the fluorescence at that point. Um, well, Those are
1: things that you already have?
2: We implemented all of them. Yes, 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 yes. Wow. Yeah. But we, you
1: were saying you're hoping to have. But Well,
2: long term, I want an entire movement arts facility oh. that has like a quiet room and then a sensory room and mm. then a touch room. Like uh, I want an entire sensory facility but right now we just have a dance studio and a black box theater
1: Cole, can you make that happen for them
0: <laughs> um yeah i'm working on it right
1: now hold
0: on let me make a few calls so, <laughs> one, of the, one of the things that i love is when we start hearing the human side of what's happening as well i'd love to hear from you all some of the stories of just a couple students that you've worked with that have really experienced transformation as a result of working with you
3: so the first one that comes to mind is Julia, who's going to be Clara in our Nutcracker. And I remember her coming to summer camp and refusing to participate. Um, mm-hmm. So she wouldn't dance. So we just sat in the corner and we would just draw. Um, mm-hmm. And we did this for weeks and weeks and weeks. And finally she got up one day and decided she was going to dance a little bit. And the next day she danced a little bit more. And now she is a rock star. She can put her leg behind her head. She, she drops can, into the splits. Drops into ask splits. Her. <laughs> smile on her face every time. She came up to me. She goes, you know, there's one boy on our team who didn't have a duet last year, and I would like to have a duet with him so that he can be included. Oh. Not even about herself, but she's like, I'll. she's just That's a, really cool. Amazing, Yeah, and now she's going to be Clara, and she's so excited. She's going to be on stage so much, and My, she's so talented. She is. She's
2: the future of Chance to Dance because she's only 11. Yes, wow. she's our youngest performance Our, our performance team. team ranges from ages 11 to 36. Mm-hmm. And um, that puts us in the adult category at competitions, but that's okay. We rock it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and, and there's there's sometimes like a feeling in the arts of like supposed to or should yeah. or now you uh-huh. need to or go over there. I mean, it's very instructional to some point when you're talking about choreography or blocking or those kinds of things. Totally. What what has it taught you about patience?
3: Everything. Yeah. I Really. <laughs> learn to change that metric and to challenge that metric. And how can we do it differently? How can we do it in a way that's better for you? What do you think would be better for you? Mm. And having those conversations and letting go of some of my like more classical choreography training and Mm. all of my composition classes and being like, all right, what's another way we can do this? What's Mm. another way we can accomplish this? And maybe it'll even be more powerful in that way. Yeah. Um, but that's a really great point. It's something I think we're still learning about and still yeah. reprocessing that training.
0: You used a few of those phrases, um, like "How would you do this?" and those. like uh, For the you live in that world, and you hear when you say that, you know what you're talking about. But right. for us over here, like, tell us what that means. Like, mm-hmm. how does that? How does that come into play? How? What are the practicals of that? What are some of those other metrics?
3: So even with like a lift, I'll be like, I saw this great lift on "So You Think You Can Dance." Here's the picture of the lift, and I'm like, what I like about this lift is how there's pressure on the ground and then there's lightness as she comes mm. into the air and they'll go well, we don't think we can do it with like one arm or whatever mm. they're doing on so you think you can do it. it's like well what if we did it this way and my mm. students will say that it's like well okay let's try it mm. i'll be like that didn't really work but what if we added this arm <gasps> now it's look at that wow mm. and just kind of validating like their voice in the process and letting them validate um what i've contributed it uh and letting it be a collaboration in that way and it, it always comes out pretty spectacularly so far well, they're it's taking interesting
2: responsibility and ownership of what they're doing too so if, yes yeah all about building, building usually independence.
0: get to do that right so in right. some ways we let they're them actually have a doing huge more <laughs> yeah, yeah in some ways they're doing more than what a dancer would typically do in yes. a dance environment
2: well yeah. what i've personally found was especially with the on the autism spectrum if they cannot cognitively relate or if they don't have the interest or if they don't have that skill then they don't want to do it Mm -hmm. or they just don't do it and Mm. they know what they want so if you find Mm. what they want I can connect like if they have a song that they want to do a solo to who am I to tell you to do it to this song that I feel right like you're feeling something and I want to grow that and I want to encourage that and I want to I want them to be independent and take ownership of what they're doing now can all of the dancers do that no this is Pretty much our performance team, right. I believe, that we're currently focused yes. on. would I would say our performance team, which is our higher functioning dancers. But do we also meet the lower functioning dancers at their level? Absolutely. They, if in our private lessons, they want to listen to Let It Go 10 times.
3: <laughs> Who <laughs> no. am I to tell you no? no because it's
2: oh, what right. inspires them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that. And if it inspires them and that's what gets them moving and that's what gets them dancing, then that's what we do. Right? I love One that.
0: of the biggest leadership lessons I think I've learned uh, is... That you can look at any situation and it can either be a problem to be solved or a tension to be managed. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times we solve problems that are actually tensions that will mm-hmm. never be solved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so what are some of the tensions that you walk into every day?
2: Oh, my gosh. The, the
0: sisters. <laughs> you don't have
2: to whisper. Sisters. We have, we have these two beautiful sisters. Mm-hmm. And I think Andrea will back me up when I say they are definitely our most behaviorally challenging Mm. dancers in the studio. They do take group classes um, and they also take private lessons. And we have to as a team of what were there yesterday? One, two, three, four, five, six of us. When these two girls come into the studio for their private lessons, we man the battlefield. Mm. We all get into positions so that it is a clean transition to get them into the studios and get them into their lessons because if not, mayhem is going to happen people are going to get spit at punched Mm. kicked yelled at she has been she is we have gone through it i've been knocked out we've been Mm. hit we've been i've had deaths thrown at me so like you know we're doing an amazing thing but it is there's a lot to it
1: yeah you know it's it's interesting because when you ask the question you know what has this taught you about patience and only cole and i could see this and maybe andrea uh nicole said everything and then took a big (laughs) breath and a huge sigh like this big huge physical sigh when you said that because you know your mission is that everyone deserves a chance Mm -hmm. and you can't exclude anyone right like even if you're getting we will turn away and you're getting hit because for some reason those people also need to dance right right? like and so what is it that you do what is it that both of you do what keeps you going yeah why do you, what, what inspires you, right? Like you're inspired by this, but, but personally, why, why do this? Why continue this work? You could do so many other things as dancers.
2: such a, such a great question, Josh.
3: Andrea and I were just having this conversation the other day. Uh, so I've really had to do some thought on this.
1: Uh, (laughs) You're like, why do I do this? (laughs) Well,
3: I'm also a therapist and it's easy to get emotionally drained doing what we do, uh, doing therapy with people with substance use disorders or eating disorders, Mm. and then going to teach individuals dance who have special needs. Sometimes Mm. um, I go home wiped out, as you might imagine, as does Nicole, Uh, and I came across this term called vicarious resilience, and it's by working with individuals who have overcome something, you become more able to overcome things yourself. Mm. And I was like, that is 100%. They make me stronger, they make me more open, they make me recognize my biases, my flaws, the things that I think I can't do. And then by recognizing that in myself, I create more opportunities for them to overcome their challenges. And we do the same thing on our team. So I think that's really where I'm at with that. Goodness,
1: that's brilliant. Like what inspires you to keep going is that they're helping you become more resilient just by living vicariously through Mm -hmm. their lives. That's amazing. I love that. What about you, Nicole?
2: I think that for me, I every day that I wake up to do this because being the executive director and a visionary and a creator and the person who's the boss, who I I get the entire broad scope of everything, and you and, guys know, and, 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 you and, know and, it and. all, right? <laughs> uh, so it is it is extremely challenging, and I have to remind myself of what I am doing and what my purpose is on this earth. And I strongly, strongly feel that my purpose is to make a difference in the world, to uh, combat. The argument of diversity, um, you know, I am a huge advocate for diversity and inclusion. Um, I am a huge advocate for showing the abilities of all. And what keeps me going every single day, and the days that I break down, and the days that I laugh and I, you know, I'm cheerful, is because I see the difference that I'm making in people's lives. Like that sounds kind of vain to be like, I am making a difference in people's lives, but we are. Mm-hmm. You you see it, you hear it. These kids tell you it. They mm-hmm. show it. To you when they come in they just give you a hug because you know that is the best part of their day mm-hmm. what do i hear over and over again from these parents from these families not only am i affecting the dancer i'm affecting a family and now yeah. i'm affecting the community and now i'm affecting the state yeah and then hopefully the world yeah, you know it. what i mean so <laughs> you know we have a lot of things in the work we're building a curriculum that's completely universal mm-hmm. you know we're working on creating our own uh visual schedules to accommodate them because maybe they can't learn uh, through their auditory or their physical abilities but they can learn visually so what keeps me going is just I know I'm making a difference in at least one person's life
1: I love chatting with visionaries because there, there's always that through line of I want to make a difference yeah. I sometimes in the quietness not sometimes many times in the quietness of my own space and heart I, I think to myself gosh I really want to be remembered yeah. you know when I'm gone. That Josh Vickery helped people (laughs) find their greatest potential. Yeah. And I feel like that's the same for you, both as Mm -hmm. founders of your organizations, is that you just want to see the people that you come in contact with uh, become the greatest that they can possibly be. And we all use different ways to do that. Um, but what a great life that is for us to live yeah. if that we're living it for others you know we're living it for ourselves of course there's a little bit of that but we're living to f- help people find their greatest potential. Mm-hmm. So chance to dance is an amazing organization. Tell us how we can get in contact with you. what's your website what's the next show we can see all of that
2: So our next show is at the related Repertory theater on December 15th. It's the adaptive Nutcracker. Um, you can get a hold of us online at www.chance number two dancefl.org uh you can call us on our phone 407-588-9589 you can instagram us dm us <laughs> get us on facebook what's your instagram handle chance underscore number two underscore dance underscore fl perfect
1: chance <laughs> underscore dance two, two. two underscore dance underscore fl yeah, so yeah. check the big them thing about out that <laughs> people can donate, people can volunteer, they can learn Absolutely. all of that about that on mm-hmm. your website. Yeah. So, well, keep up the amazing work, Thank ladies. You. It's so great to hear your story, and I can't wait to work more with you yes. on partnerships here in our community. Cole, it was a pleasure. Yes. Honored to be here. Thank I'm you, I'm so glad you Thank came you. and did yeah, this. Mary would too. be so proud. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, thanks for joining us on this Sunday evening, and we'll see you next week. Uh, Magic 107.7 FM from the heart.